Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Yeah, your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, mostly cloudy with a high of 57 tomorrow. Rain with a high of 54. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, you know, if you're listening on the... Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you should know it's brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford and Holyoke. Yes. So there's that. Pretty sure we're going to get to a round of Am I the A-Hole today. Yes. We got some uh, stuff to talk about uh, our local uh, organizations out there. Yep. That uh, are doing something. They're doing something. Some need help. And uh, we'll talk about that a-, a little bit. Yes. Yes, we will. Back to Nagle at Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank from Tudor. Do big-name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lug Nuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want. Selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Tati's gonna make it through. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549 in Manford Man with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mostly cloudy today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, uh, rainy with a high of 54. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, Don Henley. Have you been following this thing about his uh, lyrics that he supposedly gave away in 1980? Uh, vaguely. Now he's saying he never ge- he never did that. Uh, Don Henley never gave away handwritten pages of a draft of lyrics to Hotel California and other Eagles hits, he said on Monday, calling them very personal in a testimony that he also delved into an unrelated piece of his past, his 1980 arrest. Henley, what? The 1980 arrest. Is that what the one with the teenage girls? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Henley, the Grammy-winning co-founder of one of the most successful bands in rock history, is prosecutor's star witness in an unusual criminal trial surrounding about 100, pa- le- 100 legal pad pages from the birth of a blockbuster 1976 album. Henley says the documents were stolen from his barn in Malibu, California. He testified Monday that he was appalled when the material began turning up at auctions in 2012. It just wasn't something that uh, was for the public viewing. It was our process. It was something very personal, very private. I still wouldn't show that to anybody. At issue are about 100 sheets of paper inscribed with lyrics uh, in the making for multiple songs on the Hotel California album, including Life in the Fast Lane, Mm -hmm. New Kid in Town. Sure. And the title track that turned into one of the most durable hits in classic rock. Hold on, hold on. Hotel California? Yeah! Hey, all right. Uh, famed for its lengthy guitar solo and puzzlingly, puzzlingly poetic lyrics, the song still gets streamed. You know, it's just a its a guy on a coke binge writing a song. Yeah. I'll explain the arrest with all those teenage girls. Maybe, maybe, maybe some psychedelics. But uh, he actually purchased some of these lyrics back from these auction houses. Well, why not? Well, he purchased stolen material. How can you? Yeah, I know. He should be arrested for stealing from himself. I'm, I'm buying back my own stuff, which essentially is stolen goods. 
because somebody stole them. Isn't that kind of what OJ tried to do? I think that's steal back his stolen goods. Yeah, he's an he's an idiot too. You think Don Henley? Uh, I don't know if they're on the same level. I, 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 the best I, of my knowledge, Don Henley has never killed two people in cold blood. Just just knowing the uh, the drug habits of mm. these folks, how can anybody actually remember what they did back forty years ago? Well, that's why the lyric sheets are so important. I'm not sure Don Henley can remember them. Right. Well, with all the holes in his brain that have been blown out by wads of coke. Yeah, he uh, he. The singer and artist rights activist insisted he gave the writer only access to the lyrics page, not possession of them. He told the uh, Sanders he could e- examine the documents, ideally in the attic apartment on the Malibu property, so the book could benefit from a first-hand view of the time and effort that went into writing Eagles songs. Mm. And some guy goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to put this in my bag. Because this might be worth something someday. <laughs> this, uh, this, 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 this seems to be inviting itself to hop into my possession. Uh, and here's the thing you've been waiting for. Ryan Gosling will perform I'm Just Ken from Barbie at the Oscars on March 10th. Thank God. It's nominated for Best Original Song as Ryan is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, even though he doesn't deserve that nomination. I didn't think it was an Oscar-winning performance. It's not. It's not an Oscar-winning performance. It's not an Oscar-winning film. Uh, And it looks pretty. That's about the extent of it. The first round of Oscar presenters has been announced. They include Nicolas Cage, Jamie Lee Curtis, Brendan Fraser, Zendaya, Matthew McConaughey, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Al Pacino. The Oscars air next Sunday, March 10th at 7 p.m. Jimmy Kimmel is hosting. They didn't ask us? Nobody would ask. That would be a good pick. Let's pick two guys from a radio station out in New England that nobody's yeah. really ever heard of outside of the Pioneer Valley. Listen, there are a lot of presenters and winners who 99% of the entire world have never heard of. You know, when I go uh, see my friends up in Syracuse, <laughs> they, they look at me and they're like, all right, what do you do again? You run some little college radio program or what, what do you, what's, what's going on there? It's insane. Nobody knows you outside yeah. of this realm. We should be on the Hollywood stage. I got my uh, high school reunion this year. Oh. I can't wait for people to say, so what do you do now? How many years is that? Uh, f- 40. Oh! Yeah, I know. I, it's wanted, 40. I knew what it was. I just wanted to hear you say it. I had to just uh, think about it. It's 40. Mine's what? 30? 1997. What is that? 30, uh, 30 years? Yeah. Close to it. Close to it. 20, 27. 27. Yeah. I don't go to the reunions. Actually, I've never even been invited to one. They don't. Most of the kids didn't even realize you went to high school with them. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, why would you invite... First of all, my last name is different than what I use now. Uh, that's for uh, witness protection purposes. Sure. And um, That's to avoid scammers. Yeah, right. I, yeah, my car warranty <laughs> has been up for a long time. But, uh, yeah, nobody even knows. I hmm. think there's a few people that know, and then they say, oh, yeah, you know, that guy went to school with us. And everybody they say says, who? And they all have egg on their face. And now they all want to be my friend, and I don't even know them. It must be so much fun to reject those people. No, you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't remember many people I went to school with. Did you at least buy a yearbook? My parents bought a yearbook. I showed you, remember? I looked like uh, oh, Private yeah. Pile on the first day of school. They made everybody go out in the uh, the courtyard to take an aerial picture at the old Minichog High yeah. School. I love the picture of you standing in the, on a box 
being forced to eat a jelly donut. Yeah, I, I look like a. I look very much. Yes. <laughs> you should have seen the scene in the bathroom when I was ready yeah. to. Yeah. To end it all. A uh, American Psycho reboot is in the works. This one will reportedly take place in modern times, as opposed to the original, which came out in 2000 but was set in the 80s. Christian Bale was basically perfect as the sociopathic Patrick Bateman in the original, so who could follow his act? Howie Mandel. Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, I was going to say uh, Tom Green. Someone suggested Allison Williams from Get Out, and uh, given how cold she gets when you finally realize she's one of the bad guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, Anyhow. Kim Kardashian is being criticized for recently selling a used Birkin bag on her family's retail site, Kardashian's Closet, for almost $70,000. The bag was described by fans as being overpriced and dirty looking, with many asking, who would pay $70,000 for a used dirty bag? I'm sure she must have had something to say. Oh my God, the last time I was involved in a dirty bag scandal was when Ray J used... Uh, Ray J used... <sighs> Ray J gave me the hognog treatment from the pork pirate in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. Sometimes it's hard to get out of my mouth. Yeah, but it was worth waiting for. Was it? Yeah. Kaylin? I never got that done and do you with your mother, Chris Kim, but we once had a relaxing stay-at-home weekend of movies and music again. First, we watched the classic Spawn with the Wind. Okay. That's also good advice. You never want to spawn into the wind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then it was the love story Sleeping Spewty. The one where she wakes up with her face stuck to the pillow. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Uh, lastly, we watched the action thriller Spurdy Harry. <laughs> and I, in fact, made her day. Do you feel lucky? Spunk? Well, well, do, well do you? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Finally, after we wiped down the furniture and I replenished them with some pineapple juice and vitamin E, we turned down the lights, lit the candles, and finished each other off to the timeless love songs from the maestro himself, <laughs> the one and only Mr. Splat King Cole. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Can you hear it now? Yes, I can hear it in my head, and I won't ever let it go. It wouldn't just be chestnuts roasting on an open <laughs> fire either. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Starting with so much for those in need. We will be do Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Download the free Upside app now and use promo code RADIO for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's promo code RADIO. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as I have referenced many times in this show, I believe it was the great Neil Sedaka who once wrote, Breaking up is hard to do. Brother, you don't know the half of it. Yesterday, after a long and loving 48-year-long relationship, the UMass Minutemen may be looking to leave the Atlantic 10 Conference in all applicable sports, a conference that they have been a part of since 1976. Football, basketball, some of the others, they'll now be canoodling with a seemingly more vibrant and perhaps more attractive conference beginning next year with the Mid-American Conference instead. Now, how can UMass just suddenly walk away from a 48-year-long marriage to the A-10? Well, 
Listen, it's hard to say for sure. Sometimes teams and their conferences change. Sometimes they grow apart. Sometimes the merry magic between them fades away and you start looking at other conferences. Who knows for sure? All I can tell you is that the UMass football program, which had been an independent, has decided to settle down and nuzzle up to the warm and inviting embrace of somebody who is better suited to care for their needs. But to do that, the A-10 has ultimately lost custody of all UMass sports except lacrosse and hockey. But all those other kids have now been adopted by somebody else. Say goodbye to teams like St. Bonaventure. Duquesne, and VCU, and say hello to your new family, which includes Ball State, Bowling Green, and a Miami of Ohio. Sure, it's always tough on the kids when these kinds of things happens, but sometimes being in an unhappy and unfulfilling relationship just for the kids is unhealthy for everybody, and while blended conference affiliations can be complicated, they often lead towards a much healthier set of relationships in the long run. All that remains is for UMass to accept that invitation and then move all their stuff to the new MAC conference. But don't worry, the A-10 will find a way to get through this devastating divorce. Because at the end of the day, they still have teams like Fordham, Dayton, and URI to care for. And that's how they'll move forward during this very difficult time. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have you checked your furnace filters yet? Oh, you better. You want to go to Rockies, get fresh filters, buy two, get one free. Basic, basic pleated air filters, good for your furnace, and get a good deal now at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock, 10. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611. And Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Cloudy today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, I've got some very important stuff to talk about that we'll uh, bring up after 7 o'clock. And then uh, a round of Am I the A-Hole after 8. Yes. Um, the the $20 dinner and a comedy show? Yeah. Still happening every week over at the Shortstop Bar and Grill. Right. Uh, but uh, Marty has—he's uh, got to take care of uh, his family. Uh, I guess his dad, you know, has got—he's uh, in a home and he's, yeah, you know, sure. So he's—I'm—I'm uh, I'm just gonna take it over from him because that's what I do. I'm like an imperial. What is this like a hostile overthrow? Some sort of a coup de comedic coup d'état? Yes, I'm—I'm I'm an imperialist and uh, I'm taking over the nation. Wow. Yeah. Much like uh, like the Germans when they uh, you know went into Germany, I mean, went into Poland and France. If that helps you, yes. Well, I'm just, yeah. uh, just yeah. saying. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be doing uh, the same deal. It's uh, it's the great place at the shortstop. It's uh, it's not the Loft Comedy Club. It's Steve Nagel's Comedy Showcase. That's what's going on. It's a super terrific uh, comedy hour. I like that idea better. I'm getting checks for a penny that I'm signing for. You know, I will uh, I will say, because last week was the, the first time I had been in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been on the shortstop before. I mean, we've done events there and stuff, but it's the first time that I've been in that room for comedy. And I didn't realize, you know, when I got in there, how great it was going to be. I yeah. mean, I thought it was going to be, all right, I've heard, you know, good things about it. But when the show started, it was like, man, like one good comic after another. It was just a great, entertaining night. And it'll be the same. It'll be uh, continued uh, funny comedians that uh, come up on stage. I don't know what I'm doing there. But there'll be other funny comedians. Well, yeah, there. I mean, it, listen, it's a, it's a showcase. I'm not being showcased. I'm showcasing other people. You yeah, and that's and doing? that's that's the uh, that's the selflessness that people expect out of you, right? 
Right. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'm doing. No, it's not uh, like your your ego is squashing the room and taking uh, things over in a hostile way. It's just a uh, you know you're taking over temporarily until uh, we get the, everything yeah. back on track. That's so, cool. Uh, so there's a Venmo code. I got a poster up on my Facebook page and my Instagram. If you want to buy a ticket to the show, you can. It's twenty dollars before uh, Thursday. Same great food. Same great food. Same uh, great staff. Uh, Monica over there at the shortstop uh, mm-hmm. cooking up uh, something good. And uh, it's it's going to be a good time. I I guarantee it. No, actually, I don't guarantee anything. Yeah, don't, don't do wanna, that. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to have to give anybody their money back. Listen, come out and support my dead end side hustle. That's all I'm asking you to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was somebody else's dead end side hustle, and now it's yours. You know how many people have told me you'll never make it in this business, and they're right. But I will take your money uh, to showcase other comedians that uh, come to the stage. I see nothing wrong with that. No. No. That, that's how it's always worked. People have always taken my money from me from for doing something, so why not let me take money from them? See, this is the thing that separates you from everybody else. There's yeah. some people that wouldn't be able to handle that kind of, uh, that kind of mistreatment at all. But you're such a man of strength and, and towering charisma yeah. that you can just walk into any room and say, you know what? I'm going to take this thing over and put a comedy showcase in its place for very similar to what you were getting the week before. It's just uh, rebranded crap. That's it. It's better than crap, Steve. It's not crap. It's it's gold. It's remember comedic when, gold. Remember when they changed this uh, two years ago to the Bax and, or actually it was Bax, Steve, and Dave? I don't uh, recall. And then for, for six months... Uh, it lasted, and then it was rebranded to Bax and Nagel. Do you uh, do you know uh, much about suppressed memories? Anything about like uh, you know, certain situations where you you've gone through such trauma that you uh, sublimate those memories so that you no longer remember them? Kind of like a like a blackout like in a, a way, but more of a psychological blackout. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I that's have. how I feel about oh, what happened about it over a year ago. Oh, are you triggered? I'm sorry that I not yet. You. But if I start crying and falling in a fetal position an hour from now, you'll know where that comes from. Yeah, I I, I suffer from PTSD sometimes too. Well, you won't have that to kick around I'm, anymore. I'm doing this all for my buddy who's into pregnant chicks. We're going to talk about pregnant chicks at the show. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so, uh, yeah, come on out Thursday night. Uh, again, $20, dinner and a, and a comedy show over at the shortstop. Can't beat it. 25 at the door, though. you gotta, you got to let me know ahead of time because you yeah. got to plan how many people are coming to this thing. Now, I'd be happy to support you this th- Thursday, mm. but uh, I, I'm not going to be around. So That's okay. Because I'm, I'm taking Friday off but leaving on Thursday, so I can't be... I can't be all things to all people on Thursday. Good, because I didn't really want to work that hard on Friday anyway after doing this uh, Well, I don't show. blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, you know, I would fact, just I'll be mail taking, it in. I'll be taking Fridays off for the uh, the rest of the year. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, you got to spread out that vacation somehow, right? Well, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm thinking of for the summertime. So, uh, so yeah, uh, same great show. Awesome. Uh, just a different host. That's good. Um, what else here? Oh, let's change gears here. Literally. I got myself a brand new, not brand new, uh, a brand new used uh, road bike. Really? Yeah. How about that? Because I'm going to be doing the ride to remember in September. And you need a bike. Yes. Like I, a bike that uh, will hold you for that long. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've crafted myself as this Peloton douche, which I've done very well. But uh, apparently going out on the road on a regular bicycle is not the same as being a stationary bike in your dining room. 
No, it's it's not. In fact, I uh, I believe that it's almost like two totally different kinds of experiences. Yeah. So I went. Over, I saw these guys over at the uh, the Holyoke Urban Bike Shop who do uh, great work over there. By the way, they uh, they refurbish bikes for kids who don't who can't afford them, or <clears throat> uh, you know, and they have like a there's like there's like an after before and after school program attached to the place. Down on uh, Suffolk Street in Holyoke. That's cool, and uh, it's a it's a cool little place. And uh, they they through connections mm-hmm. got me this this racing bike. Um, is that a, it's, it's a, a 1997 racing bike? Now it just had like the super thin wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is, it's, is it one of those racing bikes that has no brake? No, it has a brake. It has a brake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, your brake is whatever shoe you're wearing. The the brake is the guy be in fr- uh, behind you. Yeah, I, I I actually took the bike out for a, for a spin yesterday, and I did the the, the road race route, mm. which is about six miles. And then uh, as I'm coming down the hill towards Race Street, I just put my shoes down on the ground. I have holes in my toes now. I have That's to okay. A, I have to get a new pair of shoes. But. So I thought you would have looked pretty badass on like an old huffy banana seat type of uh, type of thing with a basket and a bell and stuff like that. Yeah, but maybe, what, a, maybe a tiger that spits out sparks. But what I'm doing is uh, is it requires uh, something that you need gears and and things for. You can't just get out there. Oh yeah, you know. Well, that's why I haven't done it. I, I, mean, uh, I know how to ride a bike. I can ride a bike pretty well, but. Uh, just not my, uh, it's not my jam. I'm get, I'm getting into like, you, you know, this is, it's another douchey thing I'm doing. That's just, like, I, my whole life is just a series of douchey things. You know, like remember I was doing that magnet fishing thing a couple <sighs> of years ago. And Nothing then, uh, douchey about a magnet fishing. Yes, there is. There is absolutely something douchey about a magnet. These are these are the metal detectors of the sea. <laughs> Matey, maybe I'll go into a park and see if I can find an old coin that ah, was buried here. The great wad of paper clips. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so I'm I'm getting into this. So the good thing is, it's good for my health. It's good to to keep myself maintained and keep myself active. It's a great way to stay in shape. But I'm also not like like so into it like some people are. And and now that I'm into this little world, yeah. Uh, I'm seeing that a lot. I had a roommate in college that was like really into like yeah, it's like like racing. Like he had he had like a couple of bikes and they're all hanging from yeah, you know his room on hooks and stuff like that. I mean he was really into it. He's one of these guys that like shaves from head to toe yeah because of the wind shear. Oh yeah yeah. And yeah. he was trying to explain to us why he was you know shaving his legs in the tub. And I'm like, dude, you're doing it because you like it, don't you? Yeah, I'm not shaving the pricklies just to get a couple of half a mile an hour faster yeah, I, out of my speed. That was exactly my point. It's like, yeah. you know, how much wind shear are you really reserving with that? Uh skin-tight bodysuit you're wearing on the bike. If I'm going to shave, it's because I don't want to tickle the man's face. Uh, It's not because I want to get a couple extra miles an hour out of my bike. That means two Two things. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's that's what I'm doing. Well, Uh, but good for you. You you, you put a picture up. It's it's bright cherry red with uh, yellow handlebars. Oh, it's sweet. Oh, It's sweet. It looks like a Ronald McDonald, but, but... it's also the Rock 102 colors, so 
Yeah. Yellow and red. I suppose. It looks more like a Ronald McDonald bike, but uh, we'll just say it's a Rock 102 color thing. If you can get the basket on that thing and have yeah. a couple of like large fries and like a like a like a Diet Coke in the, or like a like a shake, like a shamrock shake in the middle oh, of yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Now you're talking business. Uh now which window do you go to when you pay after you order on the bike? <laughs> You know, they have like th- two, three windows. Now. I think it's just the one window. I've it, never seen more than one window open at a McDonald's. Actually, I was going to reach out to Go Graphics and see if they can do a sweet wrap on it. Yes. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. How badass would that be? Change the color a little bit. You know? How badass would that be? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well, that's something to consider. Well, hey, uh, thing, things are things are moving along here. Man, it's like your your life went from zero to 100 in a matter of moments. Comedy shows to bike races. What else? What's next? How else can you spread yourself too thin? Everything. I can do everything. I can do all the kinds of things. <laughs> 622 with Bax and Nagel of Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 628 and the Eagles with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown's got the forecast for you because he's so good. Uh, Let's see here. Hey, real quick. uh, Thunderbird Thursday this week. We're going to have tickets for Saturday's game. We'll have uh, not only uh, the four tickets on the glass, but also four hats, four koozies, four uh, uh, stickers, and and the bag you all put it in, too. So it's Thunderbird Thursday. All right, right here on Rock 102. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a good Thursday. It's gonna be a fine Thursday. A lot of other stuff coming up uh, this morning. Got something uh, rather important I want to talk about after seven o'clock, and then we will talk about something that's probably less important after eight. Uh, yes, much less, much less important. Are you ready to laugh? Sure. All right, let's laugh. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's classic rock. Why are uh, why are girlfriends and fish alike? I don't know, Steve. Why are girlfriends and fish alike? There may be a lot of fish in the sea, but until you catch one, you're just holding your rod. Ah, you <laughs> see, you uh, get it. Clever. Yeah, yeah, it's really that. clever. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, we should do uh, we should do that whole thing. But Gary Craig used to do the whole uh, <laughs> our national treasure of uh, Connecticut and New uh, rest of New England. He used to do this whole thing where he wouldn't give the punchline. It would blank it out. Uh-huh. And then people would have to call in. And then he'd say the punchline again. It's still blanking it out. Yeah. Only the caller could hear it. And then he, he played the response back. And then oh my and then the reaction? Oh. Uh, it was not staged at all. I bet. And I bet people thought it was the most hilarious joke they've ever heard. You know what? We need one of them listener lines where we can have people call and leave messages, and, uh, and we can talk about yeah. it the next day on the that show. Would be, that would be great if we had a producer to sift through all that stuff. A producer. <laughs> I'm asking for You're too much. Funny. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass. 633. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Taxland, Boston Road in Springfield, or Cottage Street in East Hampton, or TaxlandOnline.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Springfield Fire Department is working to put out a house fire on Georgetown Street this morning. It's located at 54 Georgetown Street, which is just off St. James Boulevard in the East Springfield neighborhood. There's uh, no word on any injuries or cause of the fire, and uh, we might have some details later on uh, if we're lucky to get some updates. You never know, you know? You never know. 
Uh, <clears throat> a Springfield teenager was arrested on Monday in connection with a deadly shooting in St. Johnsbury, Vermont. According to the Vermont State Police, a 15-year-old boy from Springfield, whose name has not been released, is accused of shooting 38-year-old Christina Chatlos outside of uh, Portland Street in Johnsbury on January 23rd. At around 5.55 p.m. on the 23rd, a passerby saw a vehicle with apparent bullet holes in a parking lot with a person slumped over inside. The chief medical examiner's office determined Chatlos died from a gunshot wound in the upper body area. The 15-year-old was arrested on unrelated out-of-state warrants and was extradited to Massachusetts in January. During the investigation, Vermont issued a murder warrant for the 15-year-old. Springfield Police spokesman Ryan Walsh said that he was arrested on Worthington Street on a fugitive from justice warrant for second-degree murder. He's scheduled in Hamden County Juvenile Court in Springfield on Monday. The Caledonia County State's Attorney's uh, Office is working to have the suspect extradited back to Vermont. I'm 15 years old. Unbelievable. It's just, uh, it just makes, it's like, you know, I got kids that are close to this age. And it's like, I can't imagine that them doing something like that well i mean you don't you don't know what the background or family history of this kid is i mean any number of things could have you know could have created this but it just you know what a what a waste of one's life to be involved in those kinds of situations at 15 years old absolutely uh springfield police are investigating the death of a man with gunshot wounds on monday afternoon according to ryan walsh at approximately 3 55 p.m Officers were called to the 700 block of Bay Street for a report of a gunshot victim. The 22 news crews could also see multiple cruisers when they arrived. Well, I'm glad we saw that. Put the two cents in. Officers located an adult man uh, gunshot adult man gunshot victim who died from his injuries, according to police. The SPD homicide unit is currently investigating the incident, and uh, they will continue to cover that story to bring you new information as soon as it becomes available. So if they see any, if they see the police car move, they will let us know. Yeah, good. Uh, via what they saw. Hopefully, they'll learn how to not to describe someone as the adult man victim. Yeah, I don't. What, what, uh, what, is what that? kind of? Uh, did anyone learn how to write something? No, no, nobody learns how to write. This, I, I found that clip, and I, I now I got to figure out how to play it about the the. A fire uh, killed three people in the Bronx last night, and then they pull it over to the other reporter, and he's like, a fire in the Bronx killed three people last night, and they died because of the flames. And then they go back to the other reporter going, but three people died in the Bronx last night with the oh fire. They're just keep it's this, but it's it's that style <laughs> of what we see what we see yeah. here locally. A man from West Springfield has pleaded guilty to possession of a machine gun. Uh, Angel Vargas Jr., Vargas, uh, age 35, was arrested in January of 2023 after a search of his uh, home uncovered four loaded firearms, including a privately manufactured firearm or ghost gun (laughs) and a Glock with a Glock style machine gun conversion device, also known as a Glock switch. Hmm. Walk into the thrift shop. What up? I got a big Glock. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's how this the song goes. Yeah, uh, which allows a Glock semi-automatic pistol to fire automatically. Is that what they saw too? Yeah, they Did saw they, they saw a gun that was being. <laughs> oh my God! There was a gun with a little thingy on top of it. And went rat a tat 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 rat a tat 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 tat. 
It was like the shoot out the star thing at the Big E with a BB gun. Crazy. <laughs> Except you didn't win a giant, uh, a giant elephant. No teddy bear for me. Uh, investigators also found evidence on Vargas's cell phone that provided information on his possession and trafficking of other firearms, including Glock switches. Uh, Vargas was uh, on pretrial release for a case involving firearms charges out of Springfield District Court where he was arrested. Can you imagine if he was arrested on Glock charges at a... Co- uh, uh, co- uh, was it, was it, what's the name of the town? Coxsackie, New York? Co- uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that? Glock. Coxsackie Glock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Good times. Yeah. Wait, he was smuggling it through Mianus, Connecticut. <laughs> he was indicted by a federal... Uh, a lot of places it could be stored there. He was indicted by a federal grand jury in January of 2023. He appeared in uh, Springfield's federal court Monday where he pleaded guilty to one count of unlawful possession of a machine gun. Sentencing is scheduled for June uh, 14th of 2024. This is the thing always like blows my mind about the sentencing... In federal court, what about it? I don't know why it's why is it so, always so far out from when you got convicted? Because the courts probably backed up. Is that Do what I, it is? I would. I. I mean, I would assume so. Well, I mean, like, yeah, if somebody gets convicted of murder here in Springfield, yeah, the next week they're back for sentencing, or they're it's a few days later. Or yeah, but we got like a lot that. of federal crimes being tried here. A lot of people, uh, you know. There's probably a lot more than we know what's going on. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. it's probably listen. I, I I'm going to guess that if they had the chance to sentence people right away, yeah. they would do it. But they don't have that kind of that kind of time. A lot of people waiting to be sentenced and tried in federal court. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ma- a Mansfield woman is the first one million dollar prize winner for the Massachusetts State Lottery's Lifetime Millions Instant Ticket Game which is the lottery's second $50 ticket. According to the Massachusetts Lottery, Christine Wilson chose the cash option for her prize and received a one-time payment of $650,000 before taxes. Oh, let's see. Uh, $650,000 divided by $50. Can we, uh, do you have that? Uh, uh, $650,000 divided by 50 Mm -hmm. is... Yep, thirteen. I'm going to buy thirteen thousand more fifty fifty dollars scratch tickets because you never know. Yeah, you can't. Might, might be a real big winner. You can't win if you don't play. It's taken this long for them to have the million dollar winner. Yeah, when do they start that game? Like over a month ago, and that's not even the top prize. The top prize is a million dollars for life, so nobody has won that yet. I'm going to guess it's because there's probably not that many people Yeah, flip it up for a uh, $50 scratch ticket. Right. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll buy 10 $5 scratch tickets before I buy one $50 scratch ticket. Yeah, but you never know. That could be the one that you're missing out on, Bax. I know, but it's just like, yeah, at least if I, if, let's say I grab like 10 $5 scratch tickets. Yeah. I get 10 chances to win. But by one fifty dollar scratch ticket, I got one chance to win. Right. But there's like eighty different numbers you can choose from. It's it's like you're playing ten games well, at once. Yeah, it's ten that's losing the, games. Ten losing once. games. The uh, million dollar uh, a year for life is guaranteed for a minimum of twenty years and could continue longer if you are the winner of their new lifetime millions ticket, which was launched February sixth. So we've been three weeks into it. All right. Okay. 
Uh, and all, all winning tickets total one. Yeah, but think about how many tickets are sold across the state. But that's my point, though. Yeah. I mean, how many of the $50 tickets are actually being sold? The odds of winning in the new game are 1 in 4.1. But when they do those odds, they, they're they're including, like, like if you put 50 bucks into it, they say the minimum win is $100 on it. Okay. So every, let's say you bought four in a row. Right. Okay. One of those is probably going to be a hundred dollar one. Maybe what that one in four point one kind of throws that yeah. odd off a little bit. It yeah. could be five tickets. But I also know that if if I buy multiple tickets, there's a very good chance that all of those tickets are going to lose. Yeah. I have never won back the amount of money that I have ever put into any gambling mm-hmm. uh, thing. You know, I've had I've had good I've had nice little. Good nugget wins, but I've never, I've never won back all of the money that I've ever spent on scratch tickets or no. a casino or or anything like that. I'm not, uh, I'm not much of a gambler, Steve. I'm uh, very attached to uh, the money I have uh, for yeah. various, uh, you know, financial reasons. And uh, I'm the same way. I mean, if I buy, if I buy you a scratch ticket, it's going to lose. If you buy a scratch ticket from the same place right after I leave, you'll win. No, you don't know that. I've but even if it. I won, I've seen it. even if I won, I still have not won anywhere near of what I put, have put into not. it over the course of a lifetime. But see, that's the whole point. Yeah, it's it's, it's the whole. That's that's why it's such a successful lottery. It's not because people are winning. It's because the state is winning. Yeah, and that's where people get out of control with it. You know, like if the the, the idea is you're gonna if when you get those little wins, mm-hmm. you got to realize that's just entertainment. You just won a couple of hundred bucks, or maybe you won five thousand dollars. Let's just say, on you know, a, a decent prize that you win on the thing. Yeah, but you still haven't won back what you put into it. Especially if you and put you, like ten, you know, six thousand dollars to win that five thousand. And that's the drug of the gambling bug is that you're going to keep buying them to do it. I just keep buying them because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you're no different than anybody else. Because no. we're all idiots if we think we're going to win millions of dollars in a scratch. But you know what? I've seen people lose their shirts over, uh, you know, regular old scratch tickets. I sure. remember years ago, I worked in a Cumberland Farms before I was in the business of saving them. But I worked in a Cumberland Farms, and uh, <laughs> this old woman, this old woman came in, and she must have spent like three hundred dollars on two dollar scratch tickets. That's a lot of that's a lot yeah. of tickets, and she didn't win anything. At, out of all of those tickets that she spent money on, she might have won $50 back from what she put into it. The insidious part of of gambling addiction, you know, it's unlike drugs or alcohol where you know you're not going to get uh, yeah. any real benefit out of it. You're just drinking because you're just, you're masking something. Yeah. With, uh, with gambling, you know, every time you play, you have the potential to solve all all of your problems or all of your sister's problems or, you know, whoever yeah. it's going to be, there's always that belief that the next time it's going to hit. Oh, listen, when I go down to like to host those MGM things, I'll sit in a casino and, and play some slot machines in the hopes that I could uh, kick this kick this habit of this job and yeah. never have to work ever again. But that would be great, yeah. but that's very unlikely it's going to happen. I know, but it's still fun to sit there and... You never know if you're going to win. They call it making a donation. That's yeah. what a lot of people were saying to me last week. 
I like, did you go downstairs and make a donation? Yes, I did. I like MGM wa- appreciates. I like that. walking through the casino at like uh, you know four o'clock in the morning and seeing people who are still at the very same slot machines that were there when I went to bed at oh, nine yeah. o'clock. I remember years ago down at Mohegan Sun, and I was with I think I was with my mom, and we were in we we walked past that high limit slots thing. Oh yeah, and this guy looked like he was on his last. You know, he just he looked like he was down and out. And he puts five hundred dollars. Like it, uh, it looked like it was putting his last five hundred dollars into the one hundred dollars slot machine, <laughs> oh and he actually won like two thousand dollars. And it, but it was like this look of thank God, thank God. Yeah, like, it took me fifteen hours yeah, to win yeah. and a loss of seventeen thousand dollars. But at least I got something back. You, you can't even afford a donut, uh, a Krispy Kreme crappy donut at the Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> shop now. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, cloudy with a high of 57. Tomorrow, a high wind advisory is going to be in effect up to 60 miles an hour. What? Yeah. Wednesday into Thursday. That's that's not going to be good for for business. That's not going to be good for anybody. That's not going to be good for anybody. And then uh, Thursday, uh, we'll see uh, sunny skies with a high of 32. It's uh, 29 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. GG. Rock at 654 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be cloudy today with a high of uh, 57 tomorrow. Uh, rain and then a massive wind storm coming through uh, hmm. tomorrow night into Thursday. Wind gusts of up to 60 miles an hour. It's uh, 54 right now. Or, I'm sorry, it's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, real quickly, just want to uh, mention, uh, this story came out yesterday. Nine radio and television broadcasters are set to be inducted into the Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame uh, later this year in uh, in June. One of them happens to be 99-year-old Barbara Bernard, uh, who had been uh, one of the most beloved television personalities in Western Mass. She started at WHYN-TV, which is now Western Mass News, Channel 40, in 1955, uh, which was just two years into uh, when that station first went on the air. And she was the very first woman of Western Mass with her own show uh, where she interviewed uh, celebrities and newsmakers. So congratulations to uh, to uh, Barbara Bernard. Uh, well, uh, well-deserved. So that's that's awesome. They don't always induct somebody for Western Mass, and so when they do, it's uh, pretty it's all, cool. It's mostly uh, posthumously that they do. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it's posthumously, yeah. but sometimes it's mostly very Boston-centric. And so it's nice to see that uh, Western Mass gets a nod every once in a while. Well, how many years have been, they been doing that? It's all, It's not been that long that they've been um, inducting people. I think it's only been like the last 10 years, right? No, I think they, it goes back you know, like uh, 2007. So it's been all a right. little bit longer than that. It's almost 20 years, I guess, yeah. uh, doing it. But it's still, I mean, you think about it, it's not that long. I mean, broadcasting has been around uh, since, uh, what, the 1940s, 30s, 40s? Uh, as far as radio? Well, yeah, radio's probably even before that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been around for a while. But, uh, you know, not, not everybody gets the, not everybody in broadcasting gets that, uh, that honor. Only the special ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, uh, Barbara Bernard, congratulations to her. Yes, yes. Always I, good uh, to see someone listen, local get it. Hopefully one day I'll get in there and we can go have a uh, subpar chicken parmesan uh, lunch 
with uh, with salad that just wasn't enough. Steve, it's a room full of broadcasters. Did you really expect anything more? You're lucky they didn't get like a half-eaten box of Dunkin' Donuts that was like out, like out in the lobby for like two weeks. I just don't understand because you kept within your, your, your time and you were told that you only had like seven minutes and you did seven minutes. I, like you I did. did six minutes and 59 seconds. Right, and yet I'm sitting there, I'm like waiting for all these other, that one guy went off. Uh, for, I guess he's a Red Sox guy. What was his name? Oh, God. The bald-headed guy. Yeah, I, th- I mean, uh, uh, I don't yeah, remember we, his yeah, name. Yeah. That's how memorable he was that I don't remember his name. Uh, I believe it was either, I, it may have been, yeah. uh, oh, God, now I'm, oh, no, it was, uh, it was Jerry Walsh, and, and uh, he was like the former, uh, he was a one-time president of the of Boston Celtics Broadcasting. And what they no 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 the current there was a current guy who's on Nesson or something like that he was a oh younger, Sean McDonough Sean McDonough that's what it was yeah he went on for a while but yeah. there was an old guy that went on before him and if you remember they had a clock at the back of the room yeah and like I said like you said everyone got seven minutes and as soon as you had like a minute left they would you know flash like like yeah. in comedy they'd flash you at the, at the back the of the room yeah yeah well yeah. they had to literally take this clock off its stand. And bring it closer to the old guy, so we realize he's now five minutes yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah. and he, he keeps going on until someone pulls his jacket and said, "Gary, sit down." And then then there was a lady who went on for like twenty minutes, and and, and it's like, I, I, what? Who thought it was a good idea <laughs> to put in a bunch of people in one room who love hearing themselves talk? I don't know. Uh, to say. Oh, only seven minutes? Yeah. And, and for and why, whatever, why were you the only one that followed that rule? Because I'm a pro. I guess so. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to be that one guy whose ego got so out of control that yeah. I wasn't able to shut up you, after a you while. You might as well have just enjoyed the moment and said, you know what? Uh, everybody else is being an egomaniac here. I'll be an egomaniac. <laughs> you remember the time back in 1989 when I... First got uh, my first giveaway I gave away. Man, that guy was so happy to the, take tickets to that auto show. It was a beautiful day. It's and six, then about the time. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's 659 at Rock 102. Call or text us anytime on the route. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, there are certain college traditions that have long been a part of collegiate culture since the beginning of time. Sure, some of these things might be related to receiving a college education, but those aren't the things that anyone cares about. They're also not the sort of things that a college student will remember for a lifetime. But give that kid a chance to create chaos and a haze of drunken belligerence, and he'll be talking about that for the rest of his life. Give a kid a $300 textbook, he'll be selling it for beer money by midterms. On Saturday, students at Wake Forest caused an outrage after the Demon Deacons beat Duke 83-79, during which at least one Duke player was injured when fans stormed the basketball court to celebrate the win. The result in that situation prompted many people in college basketball to call for an immediate end of court storming. How? Well, that's another story. Nobody really knows how. Last week, LSU was fined $100,000 for storming the court after beating Kentucky. Is that the sort of thing that a kid who's paying $85,000 a year for college cares about? No. Jay Bios from ESPN suggested detaining everybody in the arena and arresting people. 
There are also people who are suggesting that perhaps the only way to stop these kids from acting up is by imposing forfeitures. These are all interesting ideas, of course, but you're not going to get a handful of cops to arrest 15,000 people in a basketball arena. You're not getting anywhere with fighting schools because college students see that as a challenge. And I seriously doubt, due to the money involved, that teams are going to put up with forfeiting games, especially since you could theoretically affect the outcome of a game by storming the court when you lose. Look, I know nobody likes it when college students act stupid, but that's what college is all about. From binge drinking to hazing ceremonies to paying someone to write your term papers, if you can't get a college to put a definitive clamp on that kind of stuff, what makes you think they got the ability to prevent a stampede of 20-year-olds from causing a chaotic ruckus at the end of regulation? I got a better idea. How about this? We set bear traps or build a moat around the court or install trapdoor technology at all Division I arenas and stadiums. If that sounds like a dumb idea, then so does everything else. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Go to Rockies, get the Craftsman Battery and Charger Starter Kit for Power Tools, 99 bucks, and you get your first Craftsman Power Tool for free. That can be a circular saw, jigsaw, reciprocating saw, an angle grinder, your choice. Craftsman Tools, available now at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 714 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54. Then a high wind advisor will be in effect with wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour. Yay! Yay! 29 in downtown Springfield. You know, uh, in April, I think it's uh, April 10th, uh, the Rock 102 staff is being recognized by Business West Magazine as difference makers for uh, for 2024 because yep. of what happened the, during the Mayflower Marathon. Right. So, you know, last year was, you know, clearly a, a record-breaking year, over $234,000 between cash and food, five trucks worth of food. And we've always said that, uh, you know, the, the the plan is, the way it has always worked is the food we raise at the Mayflower Marathon gets the open pantry through the winter months. And that's always been true since the, since the very first year we did it. Well, if you recall back in November, we told you that some of the numbers of people that have been using open pantry services has skyrocketed. Uh, before the pandemic, 8.2% of households faced food insecurity uh, in the Springfield area. That jumped to 19% in 2020. Uh, 2021 it declined a little bit, but then by April of 2021, it was up to 10.7%. Last year, right before thanksgiving we were told that the number is now at was like 25 percent one in four families in the springfield area are suffering from food insecurity Mm -hmm. the amount of people that have been going there is explosively higher than than ever before yeah um and i got a text yesterday from uh, mike penna who sits on the uh, the board of directors at open pantry uh just letting us know that uh, on, you know what is, what is today? Uh, February twenty seventh. February twenty sixth. Yeah. Uh, much of the food that was raised during the Mayflower Marathon is depleted already. So it didn't it, it, as as good as the response was. Yeah. Um, the need is back to square one, and I'm a little stunned by that. I'm not disappointed by what we did by by any means, but I said in the uh, in the Business West article, and I and I mean this. Absolutely, uh, that the, the the real heroes of the Mayflower Marathon are you, the listeners, that 
you know show up every year making your donations and and uh, and and really help the open yeah. pantry. Yeah, those are the real difference makers. I, honestly, it, it, it's a it's a it's a well oiled machine that we run to do this thing, but it it requires help from everybody, and it it's not me, it's not you solely. We're all just pieces of this thing that bring it all together. Especially you know the staff here, but then it really becomes. We rely on on you, the listener, to to help out with this cause because we can't just do it all by ourselves. And and that's that's the thing about you know being the community organization that the Open Pantry is. It's it's other people helping other people because you never know when you're going to be the one that needs that service. Mm. Uh, typically, the Open Pantry serves about thirty thousand meals per year. Last year. When we started the Mayflower Marathon, again, you, you still got like another month and a half, a month and two weeks left in the end of the year. They had already served 44,000 meals mm-hmm. and they had a long way to go. They hadn't even hit, you know, the holiday meals program that right. that they do. So you're talking potentially nearly 50, 60,000 me- meals. And I'm just that's just a am just, you know, grabbing numbers out of the air. But right. you're talking about a significant increase uh, than than ever before. Thirty nine thousand individuals got fed by the open pantry. People who are your neighbors, people who are your friends, your coworkers. You, know, you may not know that they're suffering financially or have yeah. you know other issues because who's gonna who's just gonna tell everybody? It's kind of like a, a a silent thing. But these people are in in desperate need. So yesterday I posted the uh, the link on uh, on the the Bax and Nagel Facebook page and on my own page for people to donate to the Mayflower donate to the open pantry and there's lots of ways you can do it you can donate your time you can donate cash you can donate food mm-hmm. but right now at the end of February long before we thought the food would run out they're in a desperate situation which says something very disturbing about what's going on out there is that people are in greater need than they were back in November yep. and that was one in four people one in four families, which is just, it's a mind-blowing number that has gotten so far out of control. Yeah. But that's just the reality. So uh, if you can help, we uh, we highly uh, recommend, uh, again, like you said, it doesn't have to be always monetarily. You can volunteer down there. You can uh, you can uh, maybe something, start something at your workplace. Get a little food collection going. It's it, it's stuff that happens all year long, and, and, it, and it's nice that we have that 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 we do this and people do the boxes and like this is all going to be for the Mayflower Marathon mm-hmm. but as you just said and as you've just proven that it, the need is there 365 days a year 366 this year because yeah, of the leap because of the leap year yeah so people are even hungrier uh, one day hungrier one extra yeah. day but you know i mean the we even said it during the Mayflower Marathon you know cuz a lot of people just assume because it's you know the you know, the few days before Thanksgiving that we're just looking for turkeys and stuffing and we were, I think we were very specific to say that is not what we are looking for. We're looking for food that is going to last through the wintertime. Remember that year we also didn't say we want expired frozen salmon, yet there it was. And yet there it still yeah. showed up. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, yet, uh, and yet it happened. But, uh, but I think people are finally starting to figure out that, it's, that it is, this is more than just about holiday meals. They've got a holiday meal program, and they're all set and, and, and ready to go when that happens but for the rest of everybody the people that really need it because of any number of situations that are out of their control 
you know, this is a, a part of what they do at the Open Pantry that is completely essential. So if there's any way that you can help, not just now, but throughout the rest of the year, uh, please do it. Again, those links are on the uh, the Facebook page, on the Bax and Nagel Show, my page. I'm sure you can, you yeah, can share I'll it on share your own them. page. Yep, I'll share them up there, too. Everybody should be sharing that link. So mm-hmm. everybody gets an, a, an understanding of the severity and the scope of this problem. So if you can help, we would deeply appreciate it. And thank you for joining our TED Talk this morning. <laughs> well, I know, but you know, like I said earlier, this yeah. is this is an important thing, and it, and it, and it means a lot to, to both of us and everybody here at the staff. And and you know what I've just said here is exactly what I'll be saying on April 10th at the uh, the Difference Makers uh, ceremony. Is, is is just that and we have very little to do with this. This is about the community stepping up. And, and showing what they're made of and uh, how gr- grateful and generous they've been over the years. It, 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 this should not change. This is something that should be ongoing, not just something that happens, you know, once a year in November in the uh, in the parking lot of MGM. Right. But we'll saying that we'll still be back there next November at the Mayflower Marathon. Well, we're going to have to be. Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, 722 with Bax and Mega on Rock 102. Is the power out in... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 727 and Jimi Hendrix of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown's got the full forecast for you in just a minute or two. Now, I should probably uh, just give you what the uh, what the website is to get to the Open Pantry. It's openpantry.org. That's, uh, that's, the, uh, that's where you want to go to make your uh, quick donation to help them out in this very difficult time. Yes. All right? Yes. So I'd like to see, uh, like to see some action from you people. Don't just sit there and say, yeah, I gave away in November. No, people are hungry right now. It could be you. Uh, you uh, you do a lot of uh, music talk, don't you, on that uh, uh, fun-filled show thing that you do there? What the, is uh, that? The, the, uh, the Baxi's Musical Fun Bag yeah, and that, uh, Baxi's Musical Podcast. What is the most d- dysfunctional band you can think of? Oh, my God. Well, you know, that's most dysfunctional. Yeah, because I can top it. Okay. What do you got? There's a hardcore band out of Tennessee called Lorona, L-L-O-R-O-N-A. Okay. And on Sunday, they announced they were parting ways with their singer, Diego, because he did something really messed up to another bandmate who goes by the name Six, S-I-X-X. Okay. Diego wanted to steal Six's fiance Caroline, so he started dosing Six with estrogen. Apparently... Diego has some kind of job in the fitness or supplement industry and was providing Six with a pre-workout formula, but he was secretly loading it up with estrogen. Oh, like in Mean Girls when she was giving her that uh, bar that was supposed to make her lose weight, but it was actually gaining weight. Yes. The band uh, says Diego was, quote, attempting to force a transition onto him for the last five months in hopes that he would give him the opportunity to swoop in once he looked stronger and more manly in comparison. (laughs) Well, wow. that's not okay. a red flag. That should uh, that should uh, that should t- cause some concern. All it really did was cost six thousands of dollars in medical bills as he tried to figure out what was wrong with him. Now uh, that he does know, he still has to see an endocrinologist for several months to see if his hormone levels go back to normal. This guy should be arrested. Of course he should. For po- I mean, if you're telling somebody this is what I'm giving you and this is supposed to make your your, pro- your muscles or whatever. And then you're you're really doing the opposite effect and trying to turn him yeah, into a, a woman. That should be a crime. It, it absolutely should. And I don't know why this story only has, oh, they just parted ways. Yeah. 
Well, we don't want you. We don't want you in a band anymore. Well, nothing should stop the rock, hey. Steve. Hey, six. What happened to your vocal cords? I don't know. <laughs> don't you have any balls? No, they're up inside of me now. <laughs> but I've got a huge set of breasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? What a crazy story. Yeah, that's a that's a band that's probably not going to last. You should interview. Th- this should be a story on Baxi's musical fun band. I've I've talked to uh, many people that uh, you just wonder how the hell they're even living. Isn't it amazing? Uh, we were just talking about that during Hollywood Trash. Like, of all the drugs Don Henley did back in the 80s, how does he even remember that he gave away the lyrics to uh, to somebody out of his Malibu home? The, the same reason he can't explain all those teenage girls in his uh, in his bungalow. What? They just they just wound up here. I, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't here an hour ago. Uh. It's 731. News is next at Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News. 734. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Police cars, caution tape, and a heavy police presence were at the 700 block of Bay Street in Springfield on Monday for a shooting that led to the death of one man. According to Springfield Information Officer Ryan Walsh, crews responded to the scene at approximately 3.55 p.m. yesterday for a report of a gunshot victim. The victim reportedly succumbed to his injuries on scene. Several police cruisers and caution tape blocked off part of the parking lot of the El Fogon restaurant uh, when Western Mass News arrived at scene. Uh, The police department homicide unit is currently investigating the incident. They will continue to bring you updates uh, as soon as they come in. That's kind of like the uh, the Western Mass News of what we saw. Kind of. Just worded a different way. When we got there, there was police tape. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, I would like to see a little bit more reporting about what actually happened than what you saw. I don't think you're going to get any of that. No, I know we're not, but on, uh, nice mon- to dream. On Monday, a West Springfield man pleaded guilty in Springfield Federal Court to possession of a machine gun. 35-year-old Angel Vargas Jr. pleaded guilty to one count of unlawful possession of a machine gun. Back on uh, January 5th, 2023, he was indicted by a federal grand jury. During a search of his residence, police recovered four loaded firearms, including one ghost gun with a Glock switch. Vargas's cell phone was uh, also recovered, uh, which contained additional evidence of his possession and trafficking of other firearms and ghost guns. Including Glock switches. At the time of his arrest, uh, Vargas was on pretrial release on a Springfield District Court case involving another ghost gun case. <laughs> Vargas now faces a maximum of up to 10 years in prison and three years of supervised release. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for that, you meddling cops. And that dog. Yeah, that, that, that crazy dog. You know, they pull the mask off of Dom Sarno. And it's really uh, Cheryl Claproot underneath the whole time. Oh. Zoink, zoink, zoink. <laughs> uh, a Springfield man is now in custody after being accused of following and kissing the hand of a young girl on a walk with her dog in Enfield. Uh, he had just been in the Springfield courtroom one week earlier for a separate case. Hmm. As it turns out, uh, Mr. Cintron has a long criminal history dating back to 2002, but uh, focusing on the most recent case where a week before Cintron was arrested for allegedly stalking an underage girl, he was found in contempt and later sentenced to time served on intimidation charges. So he's kind of got a history of this. It's creepy. 
Sanjuan Rose released on conditions including to uh, refrain from abuse. The uh, Enfield police report that Cintron approached a young girl last Thursday while she was walking her dog. He asked to pet the dog, and when he did, Cintron went to shake the victim's hand, and then he leaned in to kiss the top of the victim's hand. Police say the girl then walked away, and Cintron allegedly followed her. Some good Samaritans stepped in to get get the girl away from the suspect until police arrived. Cintron was later found with what looked like an orange flashlight, which was later determined to be a taser. According to police court documents, Cintron is a convicted felon and is prohibited from possessing any, possessing any dangerous weapons. The taser was submitted to evidence accordingly. But he's back out on the street. Oh, good. That's uh, that's terrific. Western Mass News uh, has learned through court documents filed in Springfield District Court that he was arrested in Springfield back on July 6th after a resisting arrest. He was charged with malicious damage to a motor vehicle and witness intimidation. When appearing before a judge on February 14th, court documents note he was held in contempt after showing what was described as ridiculous behavior. He then had a contempt hearing the next day on February 15th. After that hearing, he was released on conditions that he would remain 50 yards. Okay, this whole legislation thing needs to be changed because this is how you get repeat offenders back out on the street. And it's not always somebody with a gun or a knife or anything like that. But here you have a guy who clearly can't stay away from people that don't want to be near him. Steve, everybody you talk to, from you know, the, the Springfield police to the mayor's office, you name it, yeah, they're all in agreement with you. They're all in agreement. Wow. But yet you don't see anybody lifting a finger to change these laws. Well, because honestly, these kinds of things happen all the time. How many... How many people are back on the street the following day? The good news is he appeared in court in Hartford because he was arrested in Enfield, and now his bond was set at $25,000, which has not yet been posted. So he's at least locked up for now. Yeah. But that should have been done long ago. Unbelievable. You know, if I only ran things. Steve, it's... Always a shock to me that people don't put you in charge of stuff. They should put me in charge of everything. They should absolutely put you in charge. Do you know how much uh, well how much well more this would run better? No, tell me how much well more it would run better. Well, I would say an adult man victim something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd yeah. be, just be telling everybody to go see a Quanet down at the uh, MGM Free Music Fridays. I don't know. Is that uh, haven't they already been there? I'm I'm looking more for uh, Brian Damage. Oh, so, see, uh, they missed out on the Egalis experience on Friday. <laughs> then we have that guy upstairs who's yeah. in the Egalis oh, experience. He's, big, he's the yeah. bass player for the Egalis uh, experience. Bass player. Bass. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah. My mistake. You're the, right. He the, plays a, the, a giant fish. No, the instrument was named after Lance Bass. <laughs> Do you know anything about music? Apparently not. I guess This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Springfield leaders met on Monday to review what the role of police superintendent will look like after the department's current superintendent retires in the coming months. Well, it's going to look like a different person in that role. <laughs> in fact... Uh, I believe the person getting that job are, is completely different than Cheryl Claproot. After much discussion on debate on what's in the city's best interest moving forward, the group ultimately decided to expand the incoming superintendent's powers, particularly when it comes to hiring, promoting, and discipline. 
Springfield City Council member Victor Davila said, this is not about Deputy Akers. This is very serious. I really have to raise my objection on how quickly this is going. Deputy Chief Larry Akers is set to take over. Springfield Police Superintendent uh, Cheryl Clapper, when she retires in April, the 38-year department veteran has risen the ranks of the force and has been universally accepted to assume the position by city leaders. Uh, Dom Dom, Mayor Dom Dom even said, Deputy Chief Akers has been universally praised, including from the DOJ. You know what that is, right? The Dodge? The Department of Justice. Oh, Part of my Justice League that I am uh, involved in secretly. Yeah, it was the, the Justice League of Springfield. So that was be uh, Superman, Batman and Robin, Aquaman, the Wonder Twins, Wonder Woman, and Mayor Dom Dom. Yeah, that's right. He's part of that whole group. Who may, in fact, be the most powerful of all of them. City Councilor Tracy Whitfield brought to the table, we don't even know if he's going to do the fair or right thing because we haven't even given him the chance, so that doesn't seem right. What does seem right is reverting back to the law that the City Council put in place. It's been nearly two years since the U.S. Department placed the Springfield Police Department under a federal consent decree, which in part established the Board of Commissioners and its leadership. But Akers assured the City Council history will not repeat itself, saying, in the past, look at me, I am the change. I do believe he's going to do a pretty good job doing that. We have no reason to believe he won't. I uh, I spent some time with him last year at the the Ride to Remember uh, kickoff thing, mm-hmm. and uh, very nice guy. Uh, seemingly uh, doesn't didn't seem to be like arrogant, like you know, you know who I am. I'm Larry Akers. I he, am. He didn't say that. I believe I have met him, but I don't remember where I have met him. Well, he's probably been part of any number of oh, I'm sure. uh, community events that uh, we've done. I'm sure. It's just me it's just me brain farting. But listen, I know we all think the new guy is going to change things, but I got to tell you until you change the law, uh, there's only so much that a new chief can do. Yeah. Which goes back to our argument about uh, you know bail and 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 uh, whether someone is likely to re reoffend. Right. 45-year-old Ronte Stokes was a groomsman at a wedding in Largo, Florida on Saturday, but got kicked out after getting into a fight with the bride, who happens to be his sister. Oh, boy. It started as an argument. Then other guests had to escort him out of the reception after he attacked her. It was around 10 p.m., and police say alcohol may have been a factor. I'm guessing it probably was a factor. He also struck several other people on his way out, including his brother-in-law, bridesmaid, a niece, and his own mom, who's 65 years old. This is going to really put a damper on the family reunion. Possibly, yes. Turns out uh, he's got a long rap sheet, spent over 10 years in prison. Just last month, he got fined $500 for disorderly intoxication. He's now facing five battery charges, all felonies. They uh, also tacked on criminal mischief charge because he threw a lawn chair through a glass door on his way out. This guy's got some anger issues. Wow, no kidding. Real impulsive, isn't he? Are you jealous of your sister? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You know, there he is making it all about him when it's really her special day. Is it, How special is that day then when your brother starts throwing chairs through glass windows? Yeah, well, it, listen, uh, that will be what everybody talks about years from now. Yeah. Hey, remember at your wedding when your brother started throwing chairs around like he was Bobby Knight on a bad day? Well, I, I've always, when I was doing the DJing thing, I always told people, uh, people are going to remember two things. How good the food was and whether or not they had a good time. 
And if somebody throws a chair through a glass plate, plate glass window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would always remember something like that. It's always, uh, <clears throat> it's always memorable. Uh, you know, whoever is like the most drunk at a wedding, that tends to be what I remember from most wedding yeah. ceremonies I've ever been to, which person got the drunkest. And it's all, it, it can be anybody. I mean, sometimes it's a woman, sometimes it's a dude, sometimes it's like a really old guy. It's rarely a ver- uh, like a really old woman, though. That That's the kind of stuff that I would see. I would never see anybody, like, fighting. There was no, there, in all the yeah. weddings that I did, uh, I probably did well over 200 of them, I would imagine. Yeah, but you probably already saw, you always, whenever it was like a, like a, like a cash bar, even an open bar, you're probably always somebody that overserved themselves. Well, that's what I'm getting. It was more of the uh, like the best man speeches. You yeah. know, any best man speeches were ruined by the open bar. Oh. <laughs> and not even the open bar. The ones that were like when you're outside and they're taking pictures, and the guy's got the flask and he's you know, uh, hey, but who wants? Which one of you guys wants it? You know, stuff. And then you see the best man get up and like stutter his words, yeah. and lose his train of thought. You know, whenever I've been a, a best man at a wedding, and it's been a couple of times uh, where I have been, I always, I always uh, try to maintain my composure until after the toast has been given. Yeah. Once the toast has been given, it's a throwdown. But before then, I want to make sure I don't mess it up. Right. So I like, I will ease into an alcoholic stupor. Right. Very, very slowly. But you got to believe that once I'm done and once I have given my heartfelt uh, blessing for this blessed union of holy matrimony, I'm ripping that place to shreds. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's the way you do it. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, cloudy with a high of 57. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 54 and then a high wind advisory with wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour. Uh, into Thursday, which uh, is going to be sunny and windy with a high of 32. It's 30 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. You've heard it before. You don't know Springfield's classic rock. It's 755 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. Going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of uh, 57 uh, tomorrow. Actually, a mix of sun and cloud today. I always forget to say that. Uh, tomorrow, rainy <laughs> with uh, wind advisory uh, starting to tomorrow night for a 60 mile an hour wind gust, which is going to be crazy. It's 30 in downtown Springfield. Uh, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. It's uh, My guest is Jack Grisham from the band TSOL. He's a singer, actor, author, and a filmmaker. Really interesting interview. I got a, a, an email from the publicist that I booked this guy through, and uh, the publicist was like, <laughs> I've, I'm only a quarter into it. It's a great interview. It's a fascinating story, and it's all brought to you by Metro Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And uh, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Sweet. Uh, remember last week I was telling you uh, the local police department was looking for a man who uh, who went missing. Mm-hmm. He had uh, he had dementia, and I didn't even know uh, this what was going on until later. You know, he went missing around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then, you know, this is like, by the time I come back through town, it's like six or seven at night. Sure. And there's cop cars going all the way up and down. That was like, oh, man, are they looking for like a fugitive who like escaped? Because that's always- Like, like a one-armed man? Yes. Uh, I didn't kill my wife. You know, you know that-, that Yeah, kind of yeah. Because there's the train tracks there, too, you know? Oh, yeah, all right. Uh, but the, the story is uh, was on Western Mass News last night. 
Uh, multiple law enforcement agencies, including Mass State Police and their special emergency response team and air wing, helped Russell police with the search for a missing uh, 87-year-old man with dementia last Wednesday. The man had been shortly seen after noon in the area of Blanford Road. While Russell and state police patrols were checking area homes and businesses for the man, the state police air wing took to the skies to look for the man. While on the ground, canine teams saw several footprints in the snow. Think about that. You know, we've had some warm weather where the snow is gone. Yeah. Had there not been snow on the ground, they might not have been able to to, to locate this man. Uh, canine Ori picked up a scent and began to track further into woods, and eventually the man was found and taken to a local hospital. And luckily, he was just treated for cold exposure injuries. But I gotta I gotta give kudos to the to the state police and the and the Russell police and all the police departments around there because they really do, you know. It, of all the negative things you hear, like about the state police, and, mm-hmm. and we joke about it, about the, you know. Because well, it's hilarious. Well, it's hilarious. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I, the, the thing, it's hilarious, but it's like they do good work. Sure. And you can't blanketly, because of a few bad apples who uh, went through this whole CDL uh, uh, awarding thing. That is not a reflection on the rest of the people who do good work. No, of course not. For for that. They, so, they serve a very important purpose. And you know what? That's the kind of outcome that you like to see. You know, somebody, eh, how many of us have had elderly parents who, who uh, you know, are suffering from that kind of thing? Sure. Or, or even just an elderly parent in general who needs help. You know, that's, it's nice to see that, that uh, they do come together and, and work for you. And they were awarded a snowblower as soon as <laughs> that the, was, yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It's all fun. It's all a, good jokes. And a return grandpa to that freshly poured driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, meanwhile, while they were looking for this guy, somebody put in for four hours of a, of a shift. They're giving out tickets. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they look for an hour and a half, but yeah. that's, that's but, at least five hours of work. In all seriousness, uh, good job to the, uh, the law enforcement agent. It's 7.59 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Listen for Snow Country Ski Reports Monday through Friday at 9.45 a.m. and 6.15 p.m. Brought to you by Aquapump. Do it once. Do it right. Water pumps, filtration, and treatment options from Aquapump. 24-hour emergency services. It's Classic Rock. It's 8.13. And Skinner with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, uh, rain moves in throughout the Pioneer Valley, and then a high wind advisory will be in effect from Wednesday night until Thursday night with a wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour. Damn. Damn. Damn, damn. Is right. Uh, it is uh, Flavin in downtown Springfield. So there you go. Um, how much do you... Have you ever used Uber Eats? Ever? No, no. Believe it or not, I've always felt like I uh, was perfectly capable of getting off my own ass and getting there myself. I, uh, I know my uh, my uh, my sister lives down in Georgia, and they're part of like a huge metro area where you got you know hundreds and hundreds of choices uh, to choose from as far as where you're going to eat. Right. So the Uber Eats, they 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 do use that probably two or three times a month to get the Uber Eats. And it's not that bad, the pricing, but if you order at a certain time of the day, like dinner time, right, the price goes up because it's it's called surge pricing. It's, 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 it's a supply thing. and demand uh, concept. Because they can't, obviously can't, 
uh, accommodate everybody with all the food orders that they have coming through, especially when you got, you know, 10 different restaurants. And you're traveling in different parts of the city. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how that works. I, I've always, I, I was always uh, interested to actually talk to an Uber driver or an Uber Eats person. Like, do you just take the, the, the when the order comes up, do you just go, okay, I'll take that one? Or is it, do you have to take it? Because how do they find enough people to deliver all this food? I don't know. I've never figured that out. Because I know if like a, if like a, you're a UPS driver, your route yeah. is pretty well set. Right. You know, and you run that route all the time. I don't know if it's the same thing with an Uber Eats driver. And, and uh, frankly, uh, you know, I just want my food delivered on time. Yeah. In a timely right. fashion. Right. But then, you know, not only are you paying surge pricing, but then you have to set a tip. If you don't set a tip... You've seen the repercussions of that of some of these Uber drivers on or DoorDash people on online. Yeah, they get, they're like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, you're the last one to get your food because you didn't tip anything. Well, how do you know they're not going to give you a cash tip when you get that happened to one of the guys? He was like, they didn't put a tip on the thing, and then he got to the door, and it was like w- really late, and he's like, well, it's because you didn't tip, and she's like, I have cash for you right here, like, yeah. So I know. this pay-to-play system. Well, Wendy's is expected to roll out dynamic pricing models similar to Uber's surge pricing as soon as next year. Beginning as early as 2025, we will begin testing a variety of enhanced features on these digital menu boards like dynamic pricing, different offerings in certain parts of the day, uh, AI-enabled menu changes, and suggestive selling based on factors such as weather, a spokesperson Confirmed to Fox News Digital after Wendy's CEO Kirk Tanner announced it on an earning early earnings call earlier this month. Mm-hmm. So oh. you're so you're telling me that if I had an itch for the loaded nacho triple cheeseburger at Wendy's, depending on what uh, what time of day I'm ordering this, they could jack the price up by a certain percentage. That's exactly what I'm saying to you. That is bogus. It is bogus. Are you te- are you kidding me? You're gonna raise the price. If you, because if, the food is in demand. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't do that at any other restaurant. No, and and any restaurant that's that would do it uh, should be ashamed of themselves. There was a story that came out yesterday. I, I I can't remember where this was. It may have even been uh, New York. There's a woman that owns a restaurant that uh, was starting to charge people for cancellations on reservations. Yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars. So if you don't show up to a reservation or call in, she's going to charge you two hundred fifty bucks. This whole thing kind of blew up in her face because there was a guy that called ahead of time, said, listen, I'm in the hospital. I'm going to have to cancel my reservation for tonight. She didn't believe him and still charged him 250 that's, bucks. See, that's wrong. It's totally wrong. See, that was the mistake. Yeah. I, I actually don't see a problem with charging somebody. Like if you're cause, uh, Restaurants, because you're not talking about a Wendy's. You're talking about like a sit-down I, dinner place. And, I, and, I get that. But yeah. but to to pump up that number to 250 bucks, which may be what you spend, you know, during in a nice restaurant anyway, possibly less than that. But you know, to me, that's yeah, too much. I uh, I disagree with you. I think that's actually, that's actually a good set price because – it's an incentive for you to show up. Now, of course, you know, when somebody calls and says, I, I got to cancel, you're not going to really charge them the $250. It's just one of those things you say. Yeah, well. You uh, know, uh, I, I'm going to charge you $250 if you don't show up here. And it's kind of like, oh, well, I can't miss this dinner arrangement because it's $250. 
But think about how much money a restaurant would lose. Sure. If you didn't show up. Right. But then, so, but there's also walk-up business, too. Now you can sit somebody else down. Yes, but you're banking, you're you're turning away walk-up business because you have a set amount of reservations in there. 250 bucks is too rich for my blood. Get, you know, charge me 25, I can live with it. Charge me 30, but 250, mm. no thanks. But getting back to Wendy's. Yeah. You know, as much as I would love to have a pretzel baconator, and I would, especially a like a double pretzel baconator, maybe even two of them with Biggie fries on a frosty. Yeah. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay, pay extra for that because I decided to go there at 5.30 rather than at 4.15. You can kiss. Wendy can kiss my ass at that point. Well, Wendy's not kissing your ass. She's just jacking you. Well, I don't need to be jacked by Wendy or anybody else in that, uh, in that, uh, in that franchise. You want this sweet meat? You got to pay extra for it. It's I mean, really, it, it just it, it's hard. And, you know, you know, here we are an hour ago talking about food insecurity and how yeah. some people can't even get food on their table and have to decide, do I pay my rent or feed my family? Tough call. Maybe I'll have to pay my rent instead. You know, when, when you're at that point and the economy is not anywhere near where it needs to be because inflation's so high. The last thing I need is to have my loaded nacho double cheeseburger up by 15 percent simply because of the time of day I ordered it. That's it's uh, bogus just the man. way it's going. Uh, they say uh, the spokesperson said at Wendy's, we're focused on providing great tasting, fresh, high quality food and doing it in a way that brings value to our customers. As we've previously shared, we're making a significant investment to accelerate our digital business. In addition to evolving our loyalty program, we are leveraging technology even more with the rollout of digital menu boards in some U.S. restaurants. Uh, dynamic pricing, also known as surge pricing, is when the price of a product or service fluctuates according to the demand or other factors, such as calling for an Uber ride during rush hour or bad weather. The Wendy's spokesperson went on to tell Fox News Digital that dynamic pricing can, quote, allow Wendy's to be competitive and flexible with pricing, motivate customers to visit, and provide them with the food they love at a great value. We will test a number of features that we will think will provide an enhanced customer service and crew experience. You know, that's such garbage. So you're going to, so you're telling me that you didn't order it on Uber. You just walked into the restaurant and yeah. you ordered a thing. But now you're paying two extra dollars for this burger because it's five o'clock and not three o'clock. Like, like you yeah. should have come in and, to, and, to get and, it cheaper. And somehow in this whole conversation, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the mindset of good PR, they've got some sort of talking point which suggests that yeah. this is good for customers and that it'll be a better experience for them to pay extra for their ghost pepper ranch chicken sandwich. You know, there's an associate professor of economics at George Washington University, yeah. Stephen Cernovac. Uh-huh. Uh, he told the Daily Mail, they could shoot themselves in the foot by introducing something customers are not ready for. Which I think is exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. You're going to lose business by paying. You're going to make somebody. It, it, it not. This isn't just get it Uber. I can see if you're getting the food delivered to you. If you got the money to do that, then go ahead and waste your money on, on doing something like that. But the idea that if you go up to a drive through or you walk into the restaurant and they're still going to raise the price on something because it's peaked hours. Whatever happened to the preparedness of fast food? 
Listen, they'll, they would make the argument, listen, if we don't do this, we'll have to raise the price of everything all day long. And you know, as the customer, uh, I would say, uh, well, given the choice, I'll probably go eat somewhere else. Yes. Because I don't like the way this is. A, if Dave Thomas were still alive today, God rest his beautiful soul, I mean, a man that brought Frosties to all of us, then uh, he would he'd be spitting in his grave right now. He already is. You can hear it. You can hear the whizzing sound. That's not the shake. It's not the frosty machine going. That's yeah. Dave Thomas spinning in his grave. There's no reason I have to pay through the nose at different times of the day for my ten-piece chicken nugget combo. This professor also went on to argue that dynamic pricing enables them to take that surplus away from consumers and put it into the firm's pocket. Ultimately, the biggest losers would be the lunchtime customers. If people feel like they're getting gouged, they're not going to take kindly to the dynamic pricing strategy. Yeah, they'll go somewhere which doesn't have the dynamic pricing strategy so they can get themselves the classic chicken sandwich combo. You know what, though? This is the kind of thing, though, that corporations will do in hopes that other corporations will jump on it. You remember back in, uh, I think it was 2021, when things started to, you know, the pandemic started to lift and, 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 uh, um, they had these these major calls going on. There were there was some uh, you know supply and demand issues yeah. going on, but it wasn't universal. The supply and demand thing was not a universal thing. It was only certain items, and once those companies came out on their quarterly calls, going, you know what, we have to raise prices due to inflation and due to the supply and demand that that we're missing out on here, and all these other companies who didn't need to do that mm-hmm. went ahead and did that right and the government let them get away with that that that's the thing you know when you talk about inflation and you talk about you know people price gouging there are industries out there that didn't need to raise their prices but they said f it we're gonna do it anyway because this guy did it you know i i remember learning in, in history class i know we don't have a lot of time here i remember learning in like history class and in, in college level american history mm-hmm. One of the many reasons why there was the Great Depression, the fall of Wall Street, was there was a lot of over-speculation. Like, people were investing based upon what they felt they might have known, and it wound up collapsing the system. Now, there are fail-safes in the system now which may prevent something like that. But when you have an economy that is partially dictated because the other guy is doing it, and you may have a supply issue that may or may not exist, and now all of a sudden you've outpriced the ability for people to pay to be customers, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you've shot yourself in the foot just like that economist has said. And, you know, it's like it, it's at, at some point it's no longer cost-effective to go to fast food restaurants like it used to be. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's, it's, it's no longer, you know, just fast food. It's, it's good food served quickly. But more expensively. Yes. Well, uh, that's how we make our money. Yeah, you were making, you were selling billions and billions before you were jacking everybody up on the price. You want, uh, you want this uh, Wendy's double? It's going to cost you three dollars more at five o'clock in the afternoon than it was at four fifty nine. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like you're talking about a minute difference. Yeah. You're yeah. going to tell me like you obviously have to start that hour at some point. So let's say the the lunch rush is noon to two. Yep. So between noon and two, your prices are now twenty five to thirty percent more. Or let's say I get to the drive through yeah. at one fifty nine. The yeah. price is about to drop, and you, know, I'm saying, uh, I, I tell the lady in the on the on the box, I would like an Asiago uh, Asiago Ranch chi- a Classic Chicken Club, please, with yeah. Biggie fries and a frosty. 
She said, if you wait one more minute, it'll go down 25%. All right. I'm All right. sitting here. I'm going to sit here and pretend I'm just holding up the line. This fast food line ain't long enough as it is. <laughs> it's 826 at Rock 102. Live in concert, Saturday nights at 9 on Rock 102. Complete concerts from rock and roll's great performers. It's GNR this weekend, live from Tokyo. GNR. 8.32 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man was shot to death while sitting in his car Monday afternoon in the Bay neighborhood of Springfield. The victim was sitting in his car at about 4 p.m., near Bay and Tapley Streets, where he was shot through the window of his car, according to Police Superintendent Cheryl Claproot. He uh, died at the scene. Police have not released his name pending notification of his family. Detectives have already made some good progress on the crime. They have located some witnesses and have some suspects in the homicide. Claproot said, uh, we have found a weapon or two at the scene, adding that officers found at least one firearm near the shooting. Officers remained on Bay Street. For more than two hours to investigate, crime scene tape blocked the area uh, around a black sedan at the scene. This is mass live. Are they all doing this? Uh, describing? Short of applying actual journalistic uh, you know, principles? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Springfield Homicide Unit under the direction of uh, Captain Trent Duda is investigating, she said. Uh, and that's uh, all we have for the information on that one. Uh, a Springfield man pleaded guilty on Friday in federal court to manufacturing and selling ghost guns and switches that turn Glock handguns into automatic weapons. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Massachusetts announced on Monday that Edward Nathan Gale, 24, pleaded guilty in federal court to bringing a felon in possession of a firearm and ammunition, illegal firearms, uh, dealing with unlawful possession of machine guns and ghost guns. Uh, Gail was indicted by a... Zoink, Scoob! Wow! <laughs> the uh, federal government says that between February uh, 22nd of 2022... Oh, 2222. Oh, yeah. What a significant a date. And December uh, 2nd of 22... Oh, 12222. From 2222 to 12222. This guy should play the lottery number. Yeah. You're too young to remember the uh, the television show uh, Room 222. I know. I remember 227, though. Well, that's different. Yeah. That's a different show. Room 222 starred the uh, the absolutely adorable Karen Valentine. <laughs> and uh, that's for her when I was a kid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Karen Valentine? Yeah. All I right. mean, she was, uh, you know, she wasn't, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, she's and, you know, not Br- Bridget Bardot by any means. Oh, but she's uh, a good-looking gal. She's a very pretty lady. Yeah. Karen not, Valentine. Maybe not so much now, but oh, uh, she was a good-looking gal back then. I always liked Karen Valentine. I don't know why. Always she, had a thing. You know what? She said the exact same thing about you. Once. I don't think so, because back in 1974, I would have been eight. Oh, really? Eight. Eight. Well, she met his senior at a at a meet and greet, and said, "What a, I, what a cute kid!" Over there. I've I've never met uh, Karen Valentine uh, before. You never met her before, but I had a thing for when she played Alice Johnson in Room Two Twenty Two. Uh, well, uh, this Two Twenty Twos, uh, this guy Gail also imported about a hundred Glock style machine gun switches from China. About 60 of which he sold in Massachusetts and other state. He also sold firearms and a silencer. And this one's for bringing down police helicopters. Well, I don't need that. Yet. 
On January twenty or in January fifth of twenty twenty three, authorities searched Gail's home and seized a Pioneer Arms semi-automatic rifle, ammunition, and assorted tools and parts uh, and parts to manufacture ghost guns, as well as evidence of the import of the Glock switches. Uh, Gail's possession of the rifle, Glock switches, and ammo was illegal because of prior conviction. Nor was uh, Gail licensed to manufacture or sell firearms and related parts. Judge uh, Mark Mastriani, the maestro, maestro, scheduled Gail sentencing for June 14th. For prison time, he faces a maximum sentence of 15 years for being a felon in possession of a gun and a ghost gun. <coughs> Why does it seem like ghost guns? Because you know, you're, it's when they say self-manufactured, I mean, you're putting it together yourself. That sounds like one of those uh, those little home like those little home kits for yeah. like you know, you know it's like stereo equipment that you used to get back in the 80s or uh, you know, like uh, like like model cars. Well, you can build your own computer if you're smart enough to. Yeah, I know. It's like I just I don't know if I've got all the patience to put all those uh, pieces together. What with the the glue and the toothpicks and all that other stuff. I used to work with a guy who uh, who was like really into computers. Yeah, and he was talking ty- like he would build his own. I built my own supercomputer. Dude, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. Is he building his own circuit boards, or is he buying the pieces? This guy was, uh, he worked at the railroad. This was uh, up in Worcester years ago. Mm -hmm. And he he was a big online gambler when online gambling wasn't quite legal. Yeah, right. And uh, he would always talk about how he builds computers. I think he was trying to, I think he was building them to, not let law enforcement see what he was doing. I think yeah. that's really what it ultimately came down to. But he was kind of an unhealthy guy. He yeah. smoked a lot of cigarettes. He was very overweight. Can, can I just uh, yeah. make it, step yeah. into this and make a guess? Didn't have a girlfriend. Did not have a girlfriend. Go lived, figure. He was 50-something years old, lived with his mother. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one day he didn't show up for work, so they sent one of those uh, well-being checks. Mm-hmm. Guy died of a heart attack, which was sad. But uh, we were all speculating around the office. Either he lost it all or he won big, and that's what triggered the heart attack. Could be. But we'll never, ever know. Because he wasn't able to either collect or pay. Yeah. Ironically, it was on 222. What are the odds of that? No, I don't know what date it was. Uh, Marketed to law enforcement, a mobile phone application with recording capabilities called CallYo says it will aid police in their investigations. Hidden in plain sight, technology makes body wires a thing of the past. CallYo's online product description reads, it's one technology from Motorola Solutions that's part of a recent lawsuit filed in in, in federal court. Uh, I didn't say Springfield. I almost said Springfield. I just said federal court. Right. Four people, Jason Cordomanchi, uh, Brett Forsman, Juan Rios, and Denise, or I'm sorry, Dennis Williams, uh, it's Denise's brother, right? Uh, said in a complaint filed last week in U.S. District Court in Worcester that they were each, you gotta help me out with this word, you ready? Yep. Surreptitiously? 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 Surreptitiously. I think it's surreptitiously. Close enough. That way. Okay. Uh, recorded by state police using Motorola Solutions devices. The plaintiffs, uh, residents of Fitchburg and Gardner, are bringing the case on behalf of themselves and anyone else audio recorded on a Motorola device by state police without a warrant. The technology has been used by state police across Massachusetts, including in Hamden County. 
The lawsuit names Colonel John Maughan Jr., an interim superintendent of the Mass State Police, and Motorola Solutions as defendants. It alleges violations of civil rights, the state wiretap law, and due process. James O'Connor, an attorney representing all four plaintiffs, said his clients are not currently interested in being interviewed. O'Connor also declined to comment on the case. Motorola Solutions did not reply a request for comment on Monday. And uh, David Procopio, a spokesman for the Mass State Police, declined to comment on the lawsuit as well. Surveillance technologies included in the complaint are Callio and 1021, an app owned by Motorola Solutions that allows authorities to make calls from local unblocked numbers that can be recorded. The lawsuit says uh, police misused Motorola intercepting devices. State police intentionally circumvented the strict warrant requirements under mass law to escape legislative and judicial scrutiny. Hmm. It doesn't really say how they did that. No. No, but I, I, I got a couple thoughts on this. First of all, yeah. surreptitiously. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. Surreptitiously. That's how you pronounce it. If, uh, if see, Stephen I Hawking were here right now, that's how he would have pronounced it. See, if you weren't sure, here... Sure, I, I would have said scrumdiddly umptious. Yes. No, it's not, it's not that. It's surreptitiously. Surreptitiously. Is that uh, syrup that's yes. deliciously good? It's delicious syrup that you can pour all over your Motorola device. Speaking of syrup, uh, it is uh, sugar shack season. Oh, yeah. You know, with yeah. All the, uh, during Lent, usually these sugar shacks are open. I'm hoping to go to the High Hopes Farm again uh, up in Worthington. Uh, that's a good one. It's one, it's like, it's a breakfast buffet, and it's fairly priced. Yeah. I don't know how much it is now. No surge pricing? There was no surge pricing. Uh, there hasn't been surge pricing in a long time. But it's uh, it's like gravel floors in there. Like, you're in a sugar shack, right? Oh, okay. And then they have, a like, a buffet. There's eggs, there's pancakes, there's bacon, there's sausage, there's all kinds of stuff. For you're sitting on f- picnic tables? You are sitting on picnic tables. Of and it, But it's all neat. I, 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 don't think of like uh, like you're walking into a pole barn and there's a cow dung or something next to you. It's a very uh, nicely it's tidy, tidy little yeah. place, and uh, they have uh, some of the, some some of the uh, the best maple syrup around. I'm not a big fan of maple syrup, as I've told you, um, but uh, to buy a gallon of maple syrup when I was up in uh, Vermont uh-huh. is about five hundred thousand times more expensive than gasoline. That's crazy. It's well, that's re- the way it is everywhere. It's so expensive to buy well, the know, real stuff. A friend of mine a couple of years ago was like, hey, man, you got maple trees all around your uh, your house. You should start doing that whole, you know, draining the tree, tapping the trees. Yeah. And then uh, he's explaining the process to me. You need, like, I don't know, hundreds of gallons of this stuff to make one, like, half gallon of a, a, of something. If, I, if you I have, like, three maple trees in your yard, yeah, okay, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good number, you would be able to make about a half-shot glass of syrup. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like you, you don't get a whole lot of You get, of like, yield. nothing. And I had an ex-door neighbor that tried doing that in his backyard, and he gave us, like, literally, it was like a... It was like a, it was like one of those, you know, like a, like a small graduated cylinder with a cork on top of it, and that's yeah. as much as he could spare. Well, because it's it's hard to make. It's impossible to make. You gotta be, you gotta work your ass off and be, you know, tapping them trees all over the place. Hey, uh, New York City might have a new skyscraper that will draw a little, you know, laughs from some middle schoolers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look phallic, but it has a really phallic name. They're calling it Pen 15. Okay. 
Like the old school joke where Pen 15 looks like penis. Or you know, a Pen Island. Only the building will be P-E-N-N-1-5. Because mm-hmm. that makes a difference. It's, yes. uh, the location is 15 Penn Plaza, although 15 Penn would be an easy way to dodge the joke rather than call it Pen 15. And there's controversy among the locals, not about the name, but about some proposed tennis courts. Right? Tennis courts. Yeah. Okay. That's... Tennis, not ten fifteen. <laughs> yeah. If you care, and you don't, and uh, and I know you don't. The controversy is that the skyscraper was supposed to be a commercial building, but office spaces aren't in demand right now. So the developer is planning to put on, is planning on putting tennis courts and billboards on the site temporarily. But critics want them to shift to residential. Well, there's always uh, there's always a need for residency. Yeah, I, wouldn't it be nice to just, you know, look out into the, uh, when you're standing with your family there and say, hey, look, it's the penis building. That would be fun. And I, I you know, listen, there'd be a lot of people that would love to live on, say, like the 69th floor of that building. If it has that many. It's in New York. It's a skyscraper. 69 floors isn't unheard of. That's actually not very big, is it? No, not really. You're talking about 180 or how many... I don't remember how many floors. Like the, I don't remember the, like the Sears Tower in Chicago had at least 190 floors. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, my kid found the penis in the snow uh, at the top of the Freedom Tower looking down into Battery Park City. Uh, city. Yeah. Uh, look, oh, look at that. Somebody drew a penis in the snow. Only a Nagel kid. Could, good, only good, a Nagel kid could spot that from so far up. Good, wholesome family fun we had in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find yeah. the penis in the snow. That was that was part of the that was part of the uh, the tour. Yeah, <laughs> New York's finest penises, Pe- snow penises. Right. Yeah. Right. See where you can spot the snow penis. I think it'd be great for all families. Have like a, like a penis scavenger hunt in New York City. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, whoever finds the first penis or representation of a penis, uh, you know, wins a prize. You know, I always uh, you know when people pass away. You know, uh, people have, like, significant things to them that say, oh, that's my loved one visiting me. Yeah. Like cardinals or, or uh, you know, maybe bees, <laughs> maybe, you know, any number of things. Sure. When I go, I want everybody to know, anytime you see a drawing of a penis, that's just me saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that's a handshake from the yeah. afterworld. And, you, and you're going to get a tear in your eye going, oh, it's Nagel saying hello to me. <laughs> Hello. I know you're watching. Is it me you're looking for? Yeah. Is there any, like, weird... That's actually a good... Yeah. If you have a topic of conversation, what does your <laughs> loved one leave you? <laughs> Anytime I see a pregnant chick, I go, oh. I, you re- know, I got a buddy. That reminds me of an aunt I had. <laughs> We used to call her old Aunt Nine Months because she seemed like she was constantly pregnant. She had 15 children. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they all lived in her shoe. Yes. <laughs> you ever visit the shoe? <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, cloudy, uh, well, sunny to start, then cloudy this afternoon with a high of 57. Tomorrow, rain with a high of 54. It's 30 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah.
Duncan just released a new enemy. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.50, almost 8.56. And uh, Collective Soul with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, I'll forget the forecast because it's eh, whatever. Yeah. Hey, it is a uh, Shop Tuesday this morning at 9 o'clock. If you go to rock102.com, you could save up to 30% to a Galaxy restaurant in East Hampton. Dumplings, deviled eggs, and an ever-changing menu of creative plates, large and small. A stylish bar and lounge, a dining room with booths of white leatherette. It sounds glorious just by reading it on a page. It's uh, the Galaxy in East Hampton, 9 o'clock at the Shop 30 store on rock102.com. Do not miss out. Uh, we are uh, we're a machine of repetitiveness, if you will. Yeah, we've you been repe- we repeat ourselves all the time. We repeat ourselves all the time. We play the same songs all the time. It, mm-hmm. It's just a, kind of our thing here at Rock 102. But we uh, talked earlier this morning about how the open pantry in Springfield, as much as we have raised for them you know, back during our Mayflower Marathon, that supply is now near depletion, and that needs to be uh, restocked. So uh, we're posting links on our Facebook pages, uh, on our website. We'll probably do that later on today where you can find the information where you can help, whether monetarily or by volunteering um, you know, for the open pantry in order to help them. Uh, this food insecurity is, yeah. is huge right now. If, if you remember back in November, yeah. we we told you that one in four families in the Springfield area, and yeah. not just in the city, but you know all over the area, uh, people are suffering from food insecurity of some kind or another. So, uh, unlike other years where you know the number has was reasonably manageable, now yeah. it is beyond the point of being manageable. This food would normally have lasted until April, maybe even into May, but the 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 demand of it is so great that uh, here it is the end of February and the the, the, uh, the shelves are looking bare. So if any way you can help, yeah. openpantry.org. And like Steve said, we'll be posting that link on our uh, social medias uh, quickly. Right. And many people are helpful and some people are just complain unhelpful. In an interview with CNBC last week, uh, Kellogg Company not the Kellogg crew, the Kellogg company CEO, uh, Gary Pilnick, said the company was advertising cereal for dinner to consumers looking for more affordable options. Mm. Give chicken the night off, the ad's cheery tagline reads. WK Kellogg owns cereals such as Frosted Flakes, uh, Fruit Loops, Corn Flakes, Raisin Bran, and others. The cereal category has always been quite affordable and tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. Talk about the most tone-deaf person <laughs> in the room. Uh, if you think the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. I don't know. Have you seen the price of a box of cereal lately? Ain't that cheap. ain't cheap either. His advice had not has not landed well with people frustrated by spending uh, 26% more on groceries since 2020. On social media, the campaign is uh, being seen as insensitive. CNBC host Carla Quintanilla asked Pilnick if encouraging weary customers to eat cereal could land the wrong way, and he thought just the opposite. In fact, it's landing really well right now. People yeah. are eating cereal for dinner left and right. Oh, yeah. Listen, every every, every family uh, loves more processed yeah. food in their diet for economic reasons, not just... Yeah. Not just for health reasons. Cereal for dinner is something that is probably more on trend now, and we could expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure, which is an opportunity for us to raise the price of cereal as people get hungrier. 
I mean, uh, yes. I mean, you could feed a whole family for like $8 a box. <sighs> and it may go up to like $12 a box by the end of the year, but at yeah. least you're feeding your family. How do they, you know, these people who, who uh, oh, they're geniuses, they're marketing geniuses, or they're, you know, CEOs. How do they get into positions like that and then come out with something so stupid in the same sentence going, hey, you know what? You should eat cereal for dinner because that's I've, what everybody's eating. I've known people that have been described as marketing geniuses yeah. that wound up making the dumbest decisions I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm pretty sure there were a whole room of people that could uh, that could say a thing or two. Well, you can get your cereal down at Mohegan Sun any given <laughs> night of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're gonna go like to yeah. some fine dining. You're gonna go to say uh, I don't know what's. Uh, yeah, you go to Nadim's one night and you say, "Hey, Nadim, I I, I love your menu, but uh, do you have any cornflakes here?" Yeah. Any yeah. like a, like some cookie crisp? Listen, it's a novelty. You know that place up in Hadley. You ever go to the quarters up in Hadley? You ever yeah. been in there? That place is awesome. It's yeah. got the old old video games and everything. And on Saturday mornings, they have a cereal bar. You can go up there and uh, have the cereal. I that, do. I that's do. Pretty. That's pretty cool. I do love cereal, but it's but it but it's not going to replace what I really want. If you're telling people that uh, I'm sorry, forego nutrition and just eat cereal for dinner. <laughs> It's 901 with Bax and Nagel at Rockwood 02. Hi, it's Hank from Tudor House Liquors. 